Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Lidl's Loopy Loop, the new and extended baby range. Hello everyone, I'm Avril Flynn and you're very welcome to the first live Motherboard podcast. Motherboard is a podcast series featuring real mums talking about the beautiful but often hard work of raising kids today. This evening we're talking about the myth um, of having it all and discussing it with our wonderful panel. I have a fantastic group of wonderful women here today. Um, on the end, we have Laura Doyle, um, who runs her blog, Love Life and Little Ones, and is also the mum of four gorgeous kids. I can confirm they're gorgeous because I've seen them. Um, and in the middle, we have the wonderful Georgie Crawford, a very successful broadcaster and presenter in her own right, and the mum of one beautiful little girl, Pia, um, and also self-describes as another girl kicking cancer's ass, which I think is amazing. And my Avril doppelganger, um, Avril White, who's a mum of two and also a blogger and runs the fantastic Dublin City Mum site, which you should all check out. So in the days that were thrown the, the header that anything is possible, um, I think the myth of having it all is something that all of us as mums kind of feel at some point, either sooner or later in your journey of motherhood. Um, and I want to discuss about what it really means to all of you with and the struggle with that. Avril, I'll go to you first. You know, you were heavily involved in kind of a very corporate-looking world and had to make certain decisions. What's your take on, on, on it, on having it all or not? Yeah, I think it's entirely a myth and it's a really negative image to project. And I think having it all is entirely individual and subjective because it can mean something entirely different to me as it can to the next woman. And you can have it all, but just not really at the same time, according to Michelle Obama and you know, other you know, highly acclaimed women. Um, I think as women, we put ourselves under a lot of societal pressures to conform to expectations. And, you know, we kind of go to college and we get a job and we try and thrive in our careers. Then we get married and we have kids. And the expectations there are to still continue to do really successfully in your job. But it's, I think it's unrealistic to try and, you know, have all of that. I think it's unsustainable unless you have an incredible support network at home. Uh, or and, a million quid in the or bank. A, or a really expensive, you know, exactly, or loads of money. Um, or, you, or an employer who is exceptionally progressive and doesn't play lip service to supporting flexibility. So I think if you can have both of those, then, you know, do whatever's right for you. And if that works for you, that works for you. And I suppose going to you, Georgie, I mean, I suppose it's your definition of what is having it all. You know, from your perspective, how would you view that? Do you think it's a myth? Do you think it's a misnomer? From your perspective, what would you think? Well, I suppose before I had my baby, Pia, um, Every day I tried my best to have it all and I got up every day and I went to work and I came home and I, you know, did all the washing and cooked the dinners and tried to have a great social life and put a lot of pressure on myself in my career. Um, I'd started off in news and I'd moved into entertainment news and after about three years I kind of felt like I wanted to go back to news and I put pressure on myself you know, asking myself every day, am I good enough to go back to news? Have I lost it? Will anyone take me seriously? And I went off anyway and had my baby and of course more worries about, oh, I'll be gone for, you know, up to a year now and they'll forget about me and the person they'll replace me with will be younger and better and blah, blah, blah. And then um, the week before I was going back to work. And, and stressing about that, I'm sure. And completely stressing about that. 
um, I found a lump on my breast. And five days later, I was told I had breast cancer. So you're just the world shifted in that instant. Yes. And um, when I was in a room, you know, like the movies, you get called in, they tell you to bring someone with you. Um, and myself and my husband sat in the room together. And I didn't think about my job. All I thought about was my family. Um, and of course, I asked myself why I didn't put myself first more why I didn't get to the gym, not to say that the cancer was my fault, but why didn't I prioritize myself? Why was I putting all my energy into work and things that didn't matter when it comes down to the moment, you know, where you're wondering if you're going to live or die? And I suppose that's it, having it all, the perception of that. I mean, for you, having it all was actually being well and moving forward and being alive, which kind of puts the rest of having it all into the halfpenny place. But again, it's perspective. It's before you're worrying about certain things and then when actually life hits you in the face, you really have stuff to worry about. Yeah, but looking I, at you now and how successful you are in remission, you're amazing. Um, has your view of what it all is shifted with that, with, with you know, having been recovering and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't put myself under pressure anymore. Of course, I've just gone back to work in the last month and, you know, uh, like I do worry, should I be putting myself forward for, you know, if a job comes up and will I look like I'm not ambitious anymore if I don't go for it? But at the moment, I'm happy enough. So I'm just enjoying the moment and um, yeah, enjoying the moment is kind of my new thing now. So uh, I wake up every day and enjoy time with my family and you know, Mondays aren't that bad anymore. Yeah, because you know? you're actually awake and getting up for them. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. And Laura, I mean, you have four kids, but I know that for the first two, you, you continue to work. Um, like full time and then you decided to change direction slightly having it all for you has shifted as you've gotten older yeah. would that be a fair assessment yeah definitely and having it all has changed for me per child so I have four kids now my having it all now is very different than it was at 21 when I had my first you know so my having it all when I had him was very different to other 21 year olds who didn't have kids I think and and it's changed significantly per child so after I had him I'm a trained beauty therapist so I was working in a salon after I had him and my whole pregnancy on my daughter who I had five years ago and when I had her it, it changed very quickly. Um, I didn't think it would. I had planned to go back to work. And I had her and I just thought, okay, going back to work is not what I want to do right now. Um, she, I was breastfeeding her. One, she refused to take a bottle. And two, I just found pumping unbelievably stressful. And I just found myself just so stressed thinking about what am I going to do. It was just so unnecessary. So after a long chat with my husband and mainly with myself, I decided not to go back to work because I think the biggest pressure on me was put on by myself. Isn't I was that, thinking, isn't that it though? It's yeah. this dietary that there's a constant, and I think you know, I certainly feel it myself. There's a constant little conversation in your head of guilt 
that no matter whether you go back to work, whether you don't, whether you make decisions one way or the other, that there's a constant inner conversation of that slight bit of guilt. And one of the things I find really interesting is that nobody ever asks a man where his kids are. You know, if a man is out working or if a man is doing something, nobody goes, and who's minding such and such? Um, my, my son is four months old and he's at home in the bath at the moment. He's very advanced. Um, so that's him being totally sorted. But, that, but that's the answer. And, um, and sometimes when they say to my husband, you know, you're so good for babysitting. Isn't, isn't he just... But I suppose that's the whole thing, being a woman. It's that we have this catch-all from our mothers that we're supposed to have it all. And that encompasses having the great relationship, having the great career, being the great mother, being the great friend. And literally, unless you're triplets, it's not possible. But to take it back, I mean, Avril, would you think that to maybe slice it up into slightly more palatable bits that you can be your best self in those different routes? Yeah, exactly. It's like having it all, but just not at the same time. Um, I was in a job that I loved, um, working in the corporate sector, I suppose, and um, I kind of came to the realisation that I wasn't particularly happy because I wasn't seeing my children and something had to give. And I was having the same conversation with my husband every night where I was saying, oh, I really missed out on them and I missed out on this. And, you know, I think he was close to either throwing me out the window or divorcing me. He was like, make a decision and, you know, quit your job. But I think for me, I battled most with the judgment you know, what will people think? And I kind of laugh at that now because I just think it's entirely ridiculous. Um, but I put myself under an enormous amount of pressure because of that. And it took me a long time to come to that decision to leave my job. And I just wasn't getting the flexibility that I needed. And it, I had no work-life balance. I know it's such an elusive phrase anyway. Um, but actually, the day that I handed in my notice was definitely by far the most empowering day of my life because for once, I wasn't conforming to expectations. I was doing something for me and my family and nobody else and that was brilliant and I looked and felt like a completely different person and I remember I met a friend the next day and I wasn't wearing any makeup and I thought I looked completely crap and everything and she was like you look incredible she, I was like what don't be ridiculous and she was like no you just look like a completely different person and I think because I had taken all the stress out of my mind out of my body and I had finally done something that was that felt right and I'm not advocating that everybody quits their job in the morning because, you know, <laughs> living off one salary is no party and being at home with your kids all the time is kind of totally crazy as well and you have to have an outlet. Um, but right now I'm kind of doing what's right for me in this moment and I'm trying to carve out a career elsewhere. And But I suppose up. that's the thing. And I mean, Georgie, I wonder what your thoughts on this, that having you know this great career is kind of an illusory thing because it's totally your perspective you know, where you are in your life and what's going on. If something massive happens in your life, that totally changes, um, you know, the lexicon of, of what you actually consider to be having it all. You know, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my priorities, not that my priority was never my family and my daughter, but, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's about, like, not sweating the small stuff and, and, and not being so hard on yourself. I think that's how I'm different. Um, and I'm so happy to be back in work. Like, I went from full maternity leave, I got sick in the last week of my maternity leave, and then I had an extra year off on top of that. So myself and Pia, 
you know, we're in the house a lot together and obviously my mum was around and was such an amazing support, but I was so ready to go back to work and I love work and I, and I love getting out and, and meeting people every day and having the crack in work. So it's really great to, to get up and go in. And I think if I hadn't have become sick, I would feel very guilty for enjoying work so much, but I, I, I'm just enjoying it and, I, and I'm less hard on myself and I, I just think Pia is happier as well because she's getting on with her life and we were kind of stuck in this horrible place for such a long time. So we're all getting on with it now and just enjoying every day. And I think that's the thing as well. I mean, in any perspective, happy mum equals happy kids. Mm -hmm. But how to be happy doesn't necessarily it's not one single list of things it's actually how you feel in yourself you feel like that don't you Laura that it's it's not like a diktat list it's what actually works for you and your family yeah totally and I think that it's okay for that to change month on month or year on year I don't think that you need to be concrete in a decision either way you know I think as a mum or as a parent that comes with guilt, no matter what you do. I think if you go back to work, you're guilty that you're not spending all your time with your children. If you don't go back to work, you're guilty that you don't have the disposable income to do nice things with your kids, or you know that you're not, um, you're not excelling in your career. So I think if you just accept that for right now, this is what's best for me and my family, and a happy mum is happy kids. So at the end of the day, that's all we're striving to do is to lead a happy life, to have happy kids. And ultimately, that's all we want, isn't it? Well, hopefully, or else I, I'm def I definitely shouldn't be here. Um, but I also think as well, it's about support networks. Like it, in the, the dream, I think of having it all. And I think of kind of working girl, Melanie Griffith, that kind of thing. Um, you know, you have a really supportive husband, four nannies, Four, like three of them hot Brazilians. Um, you know, you've got somebody to clean your house. You've got an amazing supportive mom and mother-in-law. And I mean, that is just not most people's reality. You can have a small select support network and that's kind of it. And it really does with kids take a village from my perspective anyway. Um, so I just don't think, I think we have it the total wrong. I don't think you should want to have it all. I think you should kind of want to have the best of what you possibly can have for you and that's totally transferable depending person to person. Do you agree? Avril? Totally, yeah, I think you should create your own version of having it all and it's entirely individual. I mean my having it all has completely shifted two years ago to what it is now and I, I think the guilt shifts as well because when you're kind of working 10 hours a guilt day. Sh shifts guilt shifts to some shi other guilt? To, yeah it, it <laughs> transcends to other guilt because I mean I was guilty for never being around for my kids and missing milestones and now that I'm home and even though I'm kind of going out sometimes still, I still feel gift guilty, yeah, sorry. And like my now three-year-old, I heard her having a conversation with her other three-year-old friend where she, her three-year-old friend was saying, oh, my mommy goes out to work during the day. And Olivia said, oh, my mommy gets dressed up and she goes out at nighttime. <laughs> and I was like, I think I need to sit her down and clarify what exactly I do at nighttime before she goes into Montessori and tells everyone what her mother does. But I mean, like, you know, this is great. It's great getting dressed up and going out and doing all this sort of stuff. And it's lovely to, you know, to have a bit of self-care and all that sort of stuff. But like, I mean, there's nothing more than I love than just sitting on the couch with my kids in my leggings as well. 
well, you know. But that's the funny But giving thing. yourself permission is the key thing and, and trying not to feel guilty for having those moments. You know? And I think that's very interesting as well because we have to remember that as the messages that we got from our mothers and from where our mothers came from, which, let me remind you, was not having their own PPS numbers. They had their husband's PPS number with a W at the end of it. To where we are now discussing on having it all, we have to remember that we're sending a message to our daughters and our sons about you know, what, 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 what's important and what, what, what it's about. Mm-hmm. So that's like really, really interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. role modeling is key and not just for our daughters, it's for our sons as well, because mm-hmm. we want our sons to grow up to well, emulate their network. strong mothers and mm-hmm. to see that, you know, that it's okay not to have to aspire to the expectations that they can do a myriad of different things. And do you think that that's half the point? It's that we put this expectation on ourselves of what having it all was that there's a there's a kind of a, a vision in our head of that you have to have all of these boxes ticked but that it's just not only impractical but it it doesn't make you any happier i think i think you know as mums we we prioritize everyone else before us so you know what's best for the kids what's best for my husband well what's best for my kid um she doesn't want me to go to the gym she wants me to give her a bath and put her to bed what is best for me and what is best for us as a family is that I go to the gym and have an hour to myself and become a fit and healthy mum. So it's not ideal, but you know, this is the sacrifice we're all gonna have to make right now is that mum's going to the gym and that's the end of it. And it's really important, like you say, to have the support to do that. You're gonna, you know, need a husband to go encourage you to go and and not mind, you know. But also Georgie, the as you said, to have the, no, but to have the inner to have the inner conversation with yourself to kind of go, I actually need and deserve this. Yeah, it's very so, difficult to drive away from your house at half six in the evening and I go find to it the very gym. Easy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I find that as well. I find that, like, I, I love to go to the gym as well. That's my kind of self-care. And I remember hearing Georgie say that before. And for me, when my husband gets home from work and there's four kids and it's wild in the house, I can think of 20 reasons not to go to the gym. And, and what Georgie said before resonates in my mind that me going to the gym, or it doesn't have to be the gym, it could be meeting a friend or going for a walk or listening to some music in or your bedroom when you're going out at night. Or that. <laughs> it's better for your family in the long run. And, and you being a happier mum, whatever that may be, is going to be a happier household. You know, for some mums going back to work, that's that's they're having it all and there's no shame in that either you know if if you choose to go back to work and that's your passion and that makes you a happier mum then inevitably that's a happier family and I suppose that's the key isn't it that's kind of what the point that we're trying to get across is that it's your version of your best self and actually being and creating an environment through your support network through your work or non-work creating that best version of yourself it's not having it all it's actually just having your best self yeah, I mean, that, I mean, to me, that resonates massively in my life that, uh, like, it's funny, Felix is four months old, but I've had a couple of negative comments that I've continued to do little bits of work. Um, I mean, it's the only thing that kept me sane and I couldn't not work. There's a lot of energy here that I have to put into different things. Um, and I think that that's funny that sometimes we ourselves can also have the inner conversation, but also to each other be quite negative and pull each other down even when we don't mean to. Have you ever found that to be true, Avril? Yeah, entirely. And I think we should just stop comparing ourselves to each other and stop judging and stop trying to, you know, seek this unrealistic 
expectation that we're the perfect mother and you know the perfect wife and have the perfect job it's just completely unrealistic yeah, I find it funny that so much of modern day feminism was a step away from you know rules and diktats and formats and somehow I feel that sometimes we're actually uh, putting ourselves into like a little box of what mm -hmm. we should do like what about the mums who choose and want to stay at home mm. are we actually disabling them from doing it by saying you have to go back to work and why doesn't you know so I always think that you know that you know people listening at home sometimes I think sometimes people are afraid to say I actually don't want to go back to work I want to actually stay at home mm -hmm. and spend the next 10 years looking after just my children and my home and what's wrong with that yeah and I think that's the point I think that's the point in, in telling mums that that's okay if, if you decide to stay at home with your child like that may only be for three years until they start Montessori or a play school that's okay you know mm -hmm. if if we were very lucky that financially I could quit work and we kind of cut back on a few things and we made it work and and if that's what you choose to do then that's okay to do that and it's okay to say I want to stay at home with my baby you know yeah, yeah I but I think giving yourself permission isn't totally. it to take a pause in your career um, I mean I never for a second thought I was giving up my career I just despite what my parents thought they kind of like what are you doing you're crazy we don't be your pensionable job and what is a website and how do you make one and I didn't even know myself but um, yeah I think it's about giving yourself permission to take a break and you can go back to your career or redefine your career or you know, try and carve out a different career but you don't again have to conform to the norm you can just create your own version of what makes you happy you know and that's the funny thing I mean if a man has a career change um, you know he's almost applauded for it where I think if a woman does it people are like when at what point did she have her nervous breakdown you know you really yeah. do get a real a real challenge but I do I, I think you do I mean I've had a couple of huge career changes but I gave up um, I trained to be a lawyer and then gave up to become a midwife and I still get the questions of like wow you know that was crazy but for me it made total sense um, and anyone who knows me, it makes total sense. And I, I actually feel like I gained so much by making that change yeah. and living in, you know, having experience of different worlds. Avril, have you found that kind of coming from like a very corporate background to now working for yourself, that yeah. you bring all of those experiences with you? Definitely. And I wouldn't be sitting on this chair if I hadn't had all those life experience that, you know, personal experience and professional experience. And I think it comes with age as well, that certain level of assertiveness and, you know, not caring what people think. And it's very liberating to stop caring what people think. I mean, certainly I was always, my whole life, I was very conscious of being judged and was I doing the right thing and was I conforming and all the rest. And I think it was the most liberating life experience handing in my notice and trying to do something for myself. So I would really applaud and encourage women to kind of step out of your comfort zone. And if you're really passionate about something and if you really love the idea and you believe in it, then just try and make it work. I'm so far out of my comfort zone, I'm wearing neon. So, you know, that, that's where we are. Um, I, that's really, really interesting. And I can't wait to discuss more of this for with you. Um, and what we'll be talking about is the Sheryl Sandberg mantra of leaning in, which basically meant that as women, we should all be leaning in toward each other to encourage each other to work harder, do better, do more. Um, and Michelle Obama in her recent book, Becoming, has kind of come out and said that actually that's, we have a totally back to front so I'll be very interested to hear what you all have to say about that. Um, so stay tuned for part two. Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Lidl's Loopy Loop, the new and extended baby range.
welcome back to part two of our Motherboard podcast. So Michelle Obama, in her um, brilliant book, which I recommend you all to read, called Becoming, recently stated that she believes you can't have it all. And the lean-in movement, which was um, kind of created by Sheryl Sandberg, meaning that if we all lean into each other um, to kind of encourage each other to do more, to do better, was in fact a misnomer. Um, and that it isn't possible to have it all. And that as well-intentioned as the lean-in movement was, but actually just putting us all under pressure. Georgie, what are your thoughts on that? Do other mums put other mums under pressure? Yeah, and I and I think you know we to a certain extent we allow ourselves to be put under pressure, and I think we're going to see a huge conversation in 2019 about perfectionism, and you know we're getting that from Instagram and people who like have cleaners and chefs and they're vegans and they look so healthy, and you know why 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 but they have an eating disorder, you know? But on Instagram, no, but on Instagram it looks perfect, but that's yeah, the whole thing. There's like the Instagram perfect, perfect on Instagram, and uh, I think you know we're going to see a big conversation about it next year but I do think conversations like this and podcasts and people are becoming more informed and people are becoming more real now I think and uh, people are copying on to things like that now and and I do think that the side of social media that I've been lucky enough to witness is that amazing women are out there who are all willing to support you who aren't going to judge you and when I got sick I heard from so many survivors and people asked me you know are you going to go to a cancer support group and I was like I, I don't know where they are and I don't know like how would I find out about them and will everyone be old there and um, so it, as it turned out, social media was was my support network, and and people were amazing to me. And it was literally like my family helped me get through it, but then there was all of these people that I didn't know that I literally felt like they were carrying me with my family through it. So before cancer, I very much had my head down and minded my own business, got on with my job, did my bits. And then, you know, I looked up when I got cancer and I realised, wow, there is amazing women out there. And, you know, I would have been the mum in the playgroup with my head down. And now, you know, I go over and I have a chat and you don't regret it. It's hard to do it because you're like, oh, God, I have to get home and put on the lunch and all that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, do I really have to go for a coffee with this person that I don't know? But you feel great afterwards and, you know, just try it. A friend of mine said that the 20s are all about making plans and keeping them, the 30s are all about the excuses of not. Yeah. And I think that's so true. But it can be very genuine. And as you said, Georgie, it's very hard to put yourself out there because the risk of putting yourself out there is that people don't either take you back or um, encourage you or are nice back. I mean, there's always that inner fear. And Laura, for you, you know, the different stages of your life and with each of the kids you've said you've grown and your idea of having it all has changed. But do you feel your support networks through that has changed and supported you at the different stages of your life? Yes um, and no. Like, I, I, I think the, the support that I required kind of changed a little bit throughout. I think when I was younger and I started to have the kids, I needed a lot more support, a lot more reassurance that, yes, you should do this. Yes, you should, you know, quit your job. Yes, you should do whatever. And and by have, even having my fourth, I just feel a lot more confident in myself and, and knowing that the decisions that I'm making are 
for me ultimately you know because the only person really that matters in any of those decisions is you you know and if if like you said if you can go to bed at night and know that you were doing your best and you're having your own all within the boundaries of what you know is achievable then that's all that matters so you can have all of the support in the world but at the end of the day you need to come home and know in your own self your own heart that what you're doing is and also to allow that to metamorphosize and change that you're you know, your perception of yourself at 20, at 25, at 30, at 35, it's allowed to grow. Like, you yeah. don't have to stagnate. Your opinion now can change yes. with the people that are around you. And, and if you choose, let's say, for an example, to quit your job, not to, to concrete that decision, to, to think maybe in six months' time you might go back or in a year you might go back, and, and to know that you're not bound by this decision, that it can change, you know, month on month. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing. I mean, we all feel that sometimes you think that a decision, it's going to be cataclysmic and change everything. And you actually realise that life is just a continually changing. Nothing is actually stationary. Nothing is that static. Things can change, not only you, but everything around you. And do you think that, Avril, that whole concept of being a support network, but finding the right support network, be it your relationship or otherwise, but also being able to ask your partner as you change to say, I need more. That's a hard conversation. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, and I think your support networks are key. And I've, I know I've said before that your support networks don't have to be your immediate family. You can hire support networks. And, you know, uh, your support networks can also be a neighbour. It can be a new friend that you make. It can be part of your new community. And don't always rely on, I mean, if your husband works really long hours, then he's not part of your support network. And, and certainly for me, I'm, I kind of do... 99% of everything in my house. Um, so for me, that's why working, you know, pretty much full time was unsustainable for our family. So that's why I kind of made the decision. And I think we kind of need to change the narrative as well. Like saying like, I quit my job. That means it, like, it should be like, I'm taking a pause on my career. I'm not. But I don't think you're taking a pause. You just yeah. changed your career. I don't think at you're taking a pause I at the time I thought I did though. And I, you know, first and foremost, I was leaving because I wanted to spend more time with my family. But then for the fear of being judged, I was like, I can't just quit. I have to create something else. What's going on with Avril? What's yeah. That? But that's, yeah, it was like, that's I need, I, like, I felt like I felt stuck and I felt like I desperately need an idea. And that's why, that's where Dublin City Home was born. It was born out of needing <laughs> fear. something. Fear, quick, fear. quick. And actually it was so funny because when I was building it, I was telling everyone, oh, it's, it's really crap. You're not even going to use it. Um, but I, I guess at the time, I just wanted people to not judge me because, for wanting to be at home with my family. But I look back now and it was only a really short, it's only like six months ago. And I think that's completely, why? did I think that? Why did I put myself under that ridiculous pressure? Why was I so concerned about what people think? And now I just don't care anymore. So, But as always, we are like our own best supporters and we have our own best ideas, but we're also our own worst critics. Yeah. We have the conversation that's 10 pace ahead to tell us why we shouldn't have that idea or what people are going to think or say. And ultimately, it, none of, as you said, Georgie, like if you actually, something massive does happen in your life, none of that actually matters. But being happy and finding your own inner happiness definitely is. And I mean, Laura, as you say, it's, it's that you decide what that inner happiness is. Yeah, totally. And do you know what? Like every, every week or every month, I still strive to have it all, have my all. You know, so, so I could be, doing whatever in the week and I'll still try and fit in dinner with the girls or an hour or two in the gym a week and I think that it's healthy to always push for more it doesn't mean you have to have every single thing that you think but but within your own boundaries of what your all is it's okay to push those boundaries a tiny bit and and want to do a little bit more you know 
But perhaps if we need to just change it and not see it as a total failure, if we don't Absolutely. reach all the goals, yep. but to actually still have all the goals, I think that's a really brilliant way of looking at it. Yep. Georgie, would you agree with that, that have all the goals, mm -hmm. but perhaps if you don't meet them all, don't see it as failure, just see it as a, a change? Yeah, and, a, and a, everything is an achievement. You know, I, I started you know, a website and um, my own podcast and I was so nervous. Which is nervous. amazing, by the way. Thank you, you so much. Say. But I was so nervous about it, but I just felt like I'd been through this huge thing in my life. And then I was all of a sudden back in work and everything was normal again. And I was like, I kind of need to do something else. Um, so it was really scary to do it. And, and you know, I've worked for Communicore for 10 years and I've always been under the brand of Spin or 98. And I always had that protection. So, so to, you were Georgie Crawford from as opposed to just yourself. Yeah, exactly. So to, to do my website and to put my story out there, um, you know, it was so difficult. But even 10 people read my story, even if one person checks their breasts and one day finds something, if I put win. it on, on one person's radar, I'm not going to stop talking about it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just delighted to have, to have done it. But of course, I'm still so hard on myself and I, I'm a bit of an analytics freak and I'm checking how many people have listened and, you know, am I, am I in the podcast chart? And it's a terrible way to be, but like, you know, as you said, it's, it's human nature. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I mean, as, he, as, as women, we will always strive to be the best. That's why we're the greater sex. Um, but we are able to, I always kind of envisage it like spinning plates. You have one in your head, two on your feet, three on your knees. And I suppose we need to make the plates slightly smaller and spin not as fast, but keep them spinning and keep aiming. Um, to be that Chinese spinning plate person. So yeah. there, I should write a book, shouldn't I? Um, but I suppose, I mean, Avril, to, to look at it from a different perspective, you know, what we've talked about is we've all had a lot of life experience and been able to change what having it all, but our ambition is still there. We still want to be good at what we're doing. Yeah, and I think your ambitions change as well. I mean, I was certainly very ambitious when I was younger and in my early 20s and and up to having my baby and then when I had my first I couldn't give a damn if I never worked a day again in my life because she became the center of my universe um and I think you know everyone says oh you know you, you're and it's true you put your family first but it shouldn't be a case of putting your job second it should be trying to create a balance where you can still put your kids first but also create some kind of carve some kind of a career for you and you know everybody's ambitions is individual it's like you know having your own having it all is, means something completely different to me as it would to you or anyone else. So I suppose all in all in that enough is enough. You decide what enough is yep. and then you decide when that's enough for you but yep. you're the only person that can answer that question. Exactly. I just remember as well that when you're, the fear of being judged is people are really busy in their lives and everyone, not everybody is judging you. Remember that. I know, that's what you I know? always think. Like nobody is half yeah. obsessed with you as, as you, you are yourself. As you are yourself. Yeah, exactly. We are all and you're not that interesting, you know. Well, <laughs> not you, I'm talking me, about myself. Bro. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm wearing a knee Personally. <laughs> no, but you're so right. Like we are all narcissists. So we are all, and as we should be, I mean, that's how yeah. the human race has survived is that we're all, you know, slightly obsessed with ourselves. Yeah. But the whole thing is, is that nobody is as worried about your mm. failures or successes exactly. as you are exactly. and also nobody will be as rewarded or as thrilled or as amazed by your successes as yourself and I suppose the thing that I want to get across is is that we need to be our own champions and not to be diminished by being successful to actually be happy in our success and happy to champion each other 
I always think with women that just because other people's candles are burning, it doesn't mean that yours has to burn any less, that our candles can all burn mm -hmm. equally as bright. I think men have that. There is a much more equal competition. They don't have to lessen each other mm -hmm. to shine. And I think that that's half the problem with the whole myth of having it all, mm -hmm. is thinking that to have it all, you have to be better mm -hmm. than the women around you. Whereas we can all be great. Do you agree, Av? Yes, entirely. I love, yeah. You should get t-shirts and bumper stickers printed. The two Avrils. Um, yeah, no, I agree entirely with that. And um, I think, you know, being in the corporate world, as I said before, the female support supportiveness is it feels very different to being outside of it and I've like you said Georgie and I can totally resonate with the women that I've met now are incredibly supportive and I've met this whole community of mothers on Instagram who are starting up small independent businesses and they have no team so we're, we're kind of supporting each other and rallying each other and um helping each other to create goals that are realistic and you know offering somebody advice and asking questions and not being afraid to ask questions that you really haven't a clue about and laura you would champion that as well that there's a huge community of women that actually have your back um to yeah. kind of push you forward in both career and otherwise that are actually wanting the best of you totally and i think that it's important to surround yourself with those people because Ultimately, that's that's what you want is people cheering you on. And I think it's really important to mention, you know, to, to not judge, not judge any woman for what their choice is. I think for for some women going back to work and having a career, having a really successful career is their priority. And that's fine, you know, and, and to have their children with a childminder or in a crash. And that's absolutely fine on their children as well. I think it's whatever makes makes you happy ultimately is the goal whether that's being highly successful in your career or choosing to stay at home with your children I think a, a lack of judgment is really what's needed yeah and I think that's it and I think that lack of judgment has to come from within us first and then from the rest and also to see people living different sorts of life lives and and viewing them as a success for their own, you know, playing their own furrow, if you will, which I think is so important. Um, and I think as well, there's a whole thing about owning your own choices. It's about actually standing up and saying, this is my decision, and not having to say, sorry, um, which I'm a terror, like, I apologize, I'm such an apologist, I say sorry, you know, if I bump my own self. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a thing that w women have, and men don't, men are able to kind of say, this is my choice, end of conversation, which I think is really powerful. And even in work as well, like before I got sick, I always sacrificed myself. So it was, it was a really busy day. Oh, I'll just skip lunch today. Oh, I, I won't drink two litres of water a day because I don't have time. Because you're making time for everybody else all the time. So now I really try to hit my five a day. Like I still eat pizzas. I'm, you know, I'm not a saint by any means. But what I've done is I've tried to give myself a target of five fruit and veg a day and two liters of water. And then I can kind of rest easy at night then knowing that I've done my best for the day. And that's just for you. That's, and, and it's not, you're not taking anybody else's five a day. Yeah. It's just doing something for you, but not having to sacrifice yourself constantly yeah and if in, and if i'm hungry in work and i haven't eaten and it's one o'clock i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get myself something to eat because the place isn't gonna burn down mm -hmm. yeah and i suppose that's it we all think we're like absolutely fundamental and we are but we can all we need to look after ourselves mm -hmm. to actually be that fundamental mm -hmm. um and uh, like to finish up i mean i'll go to each of you but laura to kind of in a summation, what do you think at the end of this conversation 
what having it all is for you? For me, I think having it all ultimately is just me being happy and me being content and me raising happy kids and just having a calm and happy household, whatever that is. Like that could change week on week, you know, or month on month, you know, and and for me, having it all is still striving to do, to do a little bit more, to do a little bit better for my own personal goals. And really, that's just my having it all. Georgie, for you? Yeah, for, for me, it's, it's my family. Um, just to take time for them. And I think as well, when you have a baby, your husband is like... You might as well live next door, window, you know? Yeah. Um, so In a different country. Yeah. A husband, couple, what a husband? Of ago, Jamie asked me to go to Madrid. And I was like, I can't go to Madrid. Are you out of your mind? Um, but I went yeah. and we had... I was like, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. I remember you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually really like you. That's, that's what it was I about. Why I married you. Just to have that, that time yeah, together. Too, and, yeah. and I suppose, yeah, just it's family. Having it all is, is your family. So having it all, it's balance, is it? Is that it, Avril? What's it for you? Yeah, I think balance is really elusive. I think it's really hard to try and achieve that. Um, for me, I don't think I have it all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, for me, the right now is pretty good. I'm really happy to be at home with my kids. I mean, there are days I want to race back to the office when they're driving me crazy. Um, Throw them out the window. And going on dates with your husband is really important because then you, re you remember why you like them mm -hmm. in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's kind of key. You remember why you actually have the kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just doing whatever's right for you and um, being content within yourself. Exactly, like what Laura and Georgie have said. Yeah, and I mean, I'll take up your point on balance and being illusory, but also, I mean, for me, having it all, it's just a total misnomer. All you have to do is define what you actually want, which can change, but actually just do what makes you happy and everything else should fall into place. Um, and try not to saw yourself up into little bits or kill yourself over and over if you're not achieving what you think you should be achieving because actually nobody has a checkboard. Nobody is standing in the corner with a clipboard going, well done, you did three hours with your kids, you had sex once a week, um, well done, you know, you know, like nobody is saying that, but it's about you looking back and saying, okay, I'm actually doing enough and I'm happy and doing it for myself. Yep. Exactly. And remembering so. that enough is enough, you know? As I said, we need t-shirts and bumper stickers, <laughs> definitely. Um, thank you to my lovely panel and audience for joining me today. Thank you all for listening at home. It really does mean the world. Um, if you could like positively, subscribe positively, and review positively the Motherboard podcast, we'd be really, really thrilled. Um, lastly, just to finish off, I would like everyone to know that you're not a failure if none of this is relevant to you and if you feel that you're constantly on the hamster wheel. And um, We're all trying to get there. Everyone is trying to do their best and nobody is there just yet. Um, good enough is good enough and we'll see you next time. Thank you for such a lovely evening. Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Lidl's Loopy Loop, the new and extended baby range.